Cybersecurity is, of course, a huge issue for every company. In fact, for every individual right now. Uh, are we taking the threats seriously enough? And what are the threats anyway? No better time to speak to the Blockhouse Technology Limited. I've been joined in the studio this afternoon by Petra Kreisen. Petra, good afternoon. Good afternoon. And Marco Burchill. Marco, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jim. Now, I'm going to start with you, Petra. Why is cybersecurity such a hot topic right now? Uh, shortly, it's a hot topic right now because of the digitalization. But let me explain that further. Our lives are progressively moving to digital world. Services we consume are following that transition. But for some of mission-critical services, such as completely digitalized banking, the level of security for it to be completely digitalized with standard systems and processes is still not adequate. As we have security measures undertaken in real life, for example, depositing our valuable things in vaults or locking our doors of our houses, the same we should apply for digital digitalized world, meaning we need cybersecurity. Let's also try to explain what actually cybersecurity is. One can imagine cybersecurity as brakes on the car. The brakes on the car are not there to stop you. They're actually there to make you go faster. The brakes allow you control. That's what cybersecurity is doing. It enables us doing our jobs without worrying what could or not could go wrong. That's why it's a hot topic now. It enables businesses and individuals to have comfort and security in digitalized world. Ah, but that's a very good point. Do you think that people feel comfortable right now? I'll give you a couple of examples why I think we're still early in following the digitalization with adequate cybersecurity solutions. The news are still full of incidents like hacks, thefts, data losses, and leaks. I will start with most famous hacker attack happened in 2014 when hackers stole 400, 400 and, 460 million dollars from one of the biggest crypto exchanges at the time, Mt. Gox. The lawsuit is still ongoing and most of the clients still didn't get back their funds. So really, the exchange lost 460 million? Yes, that's true. But one could say this hack happened seven years ago and that we maybe advanced a little bit in technological perspective from that point in time. But I will give you one more recent example. In August this year, $610 million were stolen from Poly Network smart contract. Luckily, the hacker decided to return the funds. Uh, why did the hacker do that? <laughs> because it was not a black hat hacker and it, uh, he exploited the fallacy in a smart, a smart contract. And uh, he decided it's the best for all of us that he returns the funds. So in fact, he was trying to make a point, not actually steal the money. Yes, he was trying to prove something. But it's not all related to cryptocurrencies. For example, a recent T-Mobile US hack happened in August this year, exposed 50 million of user records containing their current and previous customers' personal data, exposing them to identity thefts and frauds. And also in April this year, 533 million Facebook's users' phone numbers and personal data leaked online. I mean, we've heard quite a lot about data being leaked. Does that really mean that perhaps all of us, our, our names and addresses and phone numbers are probably out there somewhere already? For sure, for sure. Especially if you were uh, using Facebook and your data was leaked in this recent leak this year. So therefore, we cannot trust Facebook. Is that right? I would say that's completely right. 
And if I may add, from all of these examples, we could conclude we still need more efforts in terms of providing secure services. Okay, now let's just look at this for a second. Whose responsibility is it to be safe with data? Is it the responsibility of an individual or the responsibility of the companies that are providing the services? Okay, in my opinion, the sole responsibility of keeping the data safe is for sure on the companies, which use the data as a basis for their business. And when we're talking about data as a basis for the business, we could talk about financial data, such as transactions, which are generated by banks or neobanks, cryptocurrencies transactions, wallets, operations, and digital assets transactions. And we also can talk about customer personal data, which is being collected by Facebook or Google or some merchant pages, and also biometrics data, such as health data, generated by Fitbit or Apple Watch. Now, but hang on a second, because I've heard it said that whatever companies do, if individuals are still going to make mistakes and click on links and emails and give away too much, actually, individuals should be responsible, don't you think? Yes, for their own actions, for sure. But if uh, the service provider are not uh, responsible for the services which they're providing, they're not making us feel secure and uh, as they did whatever they could do in order to protect us on the Internet. Right, so you're saying that actually the companies are the ones who have to take more more actions. Um, now, just run us by, what does your company actually do? So, we provide service which makes handling data safer in short terms. But if we go back to the analogy with the brakes that Petra mentioned, um, at the beginning, cars had simple drum brakes to which we could compare our passwords, for example. After this, we moved on to disc brakes without ABS. That's better, but still not perfect. And in cybersecurity domain, comparable to encryption algorithms. And this is where we are right now. But what we are doing is actually the whole braking system that contains great brakes, ABS, and the predictive brake system all in one. What that means is that we give the opportunity to other businesses to embed security by using our technology and our service and in predictive manner avoid human faults. Not only do we embed security, but we also embed the regulations that have to be respected. Um, our company provides the solution in the form of two products, a privacy preserving platform and custody service for digital assets. Um, privacy preserving platform, or in other words, confidential computing, uh, is providing security through obscurity, as we could say. Um, this means we, are, we established the we established a secure environment within which you can run your software uh, and your computations without worrying about the external or internal threats. Um, when we talk about custody service, it's out-of-the-box solution for traditional custody as seen in banks. Uh, in few words, our custody service can be seen as secured vault with programmatically integrated compliance, identity management, and storage of your assets in exceedingly secure way. And I would just like jump in uh, to add some technical overview. We do it by four key aspects. First of them is using trusted hardware, trusted execution environments such as Intel SGX or AMD SCV, which is enabling us running applications in secured and infrastructure agnostic way. Also by using secure distributed computing. 
using blockchain, distributed architecture, together with cutting-edge cryptography algorithms such as multi-party key computation, state-of-the-art system hardening, and also embedding regulation, such as fi financial regulation as KYC, KYT, AML, and also data protection such as GDPR. Good grief. It's a world unto its own. Uh, there was about 10 things in there. I'm not quite sure what they were, but I'd like to come back to system hardening. What is that? Okay, so system hardening is a set of procedures how companies ensure that they're up to all the security standards they need to um, conform. conform. And uh, they're usually done by uh, external auditors. Uh, they come to your company and uh, check all of your procedures and your software, and then they give you advices how to protect your system better. Okay, I, I get it. But now, you must admit, there are a lot of companies out there in the cybersecurity space. What makes your company any, any different? It's our people and our products, <laughs> because we were founded in 2017 by our CEO, Andrew William Roscoe, who is a former director of computer science department in Oxford. And we also gather world-class scientific and engineering teams all across Europe, led by elite group of researchers from Oxford and ETH Zurich. And for our products is a unique combination of cutting-edge applied science, as I mentioned before, which means all of the latest research is incorporated into our products. And all of that translates that we apply security on all of the levels of the system, starting from the chip itself up to the user interface. Got it. Now, I've got a quick question, though. How did you two guys from Croatia meet this professor from Oxford? Marco, how did you meet him? So I still haven't met him. Uh, but because I'm a recent joiner, we could say, but I'm sure Petra can answer that question. Okay, uh, I applied for a job and I didn't know uh, what was the story behind the company. And then the friend of mine, which was already working there, told me the whole story. And that's how I got into the loop of things. Got it. It's all about who you know, isn't it, in this business? Um, now, of course, let's talk about the cloud. Many companies are using cloud for data storage. In what way does your company help them? So that's true, but the full potential is not fulfilled yet. Um, still, the companies which are operating with user-sensitive data, like financial institutions, and here I mean mainly banks, are not confident enough and are having doubts about cloud providers. Um, the fear that companies have is uh, actually not irrational. Um, a simple example would be a bank doesn't trust the cloud provider that it won't be having a look and taking advantage of the customer data or transactional data held in the cloud databases. Um, our service would be a bridge to this gap for sure and uh, we are enabling the companies who previously couldn't run their operations on public cloud infrastructure because of security concerns to do it in security compliant way. This means that the company becomes infrastructure agnostic or in other words it doesn't depend on the security of the infrastructure itself. Um, with previous point, we are coming to an interesting conclusion uh, where slowly we are starting to decouple infrastructure as a service from security as a service. Um, and from my point of view, this was expected since it conforms to the natural flow of IT services specialization. 
Gosh, wow, what? It's extremely interesting. There's lots to talk about here. But I, I want to go back to the fact that uh, you mentioned that blockchain and management of data using blockchain is part of your solution. But is blockchain actually part of the solution or part of the problem? Because if a blockchain, for example, was, was hacked and people gained access to the data that was stored in these individual lockets, in a way, uh, we'd be losing more than we would gain, wouldn't we? Uh, that's true, that's true. Uh, I would say blockchain is both. It's part of the solution and part of the problem. Um, as every buzzword in technology, and there are many, uh, people are often overusing them and putting them in places where they shouldn't be. Uh, blockchain is here a especially powerful term because it was mostly put in the same sentence and context with assets and money. Uh, I would say that usage of the blockchain in systems where it's just a buzzword creates more problems and makes systems too complicated and prone to errors. Uh, and from the technological perspective, the beauty of software engineering is to create simple to understand and yet powerful systems. Uh, the rise of crypto definitely skyrocketed popularity of the blockchain itself, but as a concept, blockchain already existed before and it's nothing new and revolutionary in a sense. Uh, the property that blockchain has, and in our company we especially found it interesting, is that when dealing with transactions or identities, it provides the accountability for the actions. Accountability is something for which we didn't have simple technological solution up until the invention of blockchain. So it sounds like you're saying it's got potential to be the solution, but we're not quite there yet. I mean, it seems as though as society digitalizes more, the risk of losing data or being hacked increases. Uh, do you think there's any way that we can eliminate these threats altogether? Unfortunately, there's no universal solution for all of the threats. One attacker has only one system to break in, while the system needs to be protected from any kinds of attacks or attackers. It's the game of cat and mouse. While we cannot stop new attacks, we can make them less effective and harder to achieve by adhering to best practices. The right question here is how, to, how the development of cybersecurity follows the development of digitalization. One of the main points of differentiation in services will be security, as service without security is basically worthless. Wow, so you're saying that the problem is here to stay, therefore, by definition, cybersecurity is, is here to stay. I mean, in terms of your own company, in terms of staying uh, ahead of the competition, if we could look ahead to the future, what particular parts of your services do you see as real potential for growth from a business perspective? From business perspective, it's for sure the custody of digital assets because banking will probably in the future uh, try to follow the growth of cryptocurrencies and um, putting uh, all of their technical efforts uh, to adopt the technology which is solving a lot of their problems. And here we come with the technology uh, to support it. And this is our main difference if we look at it from perspective uh, of our uh, market competitors. Okay, so let's just consider banking. Um, 
from an external user's point of view, we see only a very small lens, really, of what banks are actually doing. When you're talking about custody of digital assets, you're actually suggesting that banks themselves need to need to focus more and invest more in securing their own assets. Is that right? Okay, it's more related to what they're doing now and what they will do in the future if we adopt a digitalized euro. And as we've seen from the media, it's happening. Uh, we will need systems who can uh, who can support digitalized currencies such as digital euro, and then the banks will need to have uh, a system which will be there for the customers to track all the transactions, uh, do the custody of the assets, and for basically everyday operations such your bank account management. And and so so when a bank calls you. Um, are you primarily selling a, a black box that does mysterious things that protects them or are you selling yourselves as consultants or are you selling yourselves as a, a software provider? We are basically a software provider. We are a cybersecurity startup and we do technical solutions. And as we mentioned before, we have a couple of products. But the main point is he- here is integration of uh, many things banks need. For example, identity management, KYC procedures, custody of uh, digital data, uh, digital assets, not only related to cryptocurrencies, it can be any kind of digital asset, and also regulation. Those are the three uh, key main aspects, which I haven't seen anywhere else besides in our product. Gosh, well, it sounds like the market is potentially huge because with each new evolutionary step, we need even more security. Um, Guys, I want to say thank you very much for coming in this afternoon. It was great to hear from you. Thank Thank you you. for having us. Uh, And we look forward to exploring more of your journey as a startup to see how you embrace the Luxembourg market. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you for joining us at today's Club Insights podcast. If you like this, you can tune into future podcasts wherever you find them at Spotify, Apple Music, or also at paperjam.lu. And if you'd like to join the Paper Jam and Delano Business Club, simply send an email to club at paperjam.lu.